everybody. It's the Pastors. Raj and Bruce. We're back again. Inglorious. Yep. As always. I know there was a lot of you thinking, well, they missed a week, so maybe they've stopped the whole podcast thing. We're not going anywhere, people. No, okay. we're here. This is this is the thing that we this is the thing that we do on when on Wednesday mornings. <laughs> the conditions are perfect. There's no counseling going on, no coaching. Speaking of conditions being perfect, did you notice my shirt matches my mug? <laughs> Raj color coordinated. <laughs> did you notice that my shirt matches the couch? It's a different shade of blue, but it's still blue. Uh, that's BS. Yeah, it doesn't match. Well, it's blue. Okay. Well, well, we're all in the same color wheel. Greens, blues, all of that's good. The, the gray, blue, color wheel. That's a fun term. Yeah, color wheel. You probably, <laughs> you, I know for sure that you've never heard that before. There are certain things, believe it or not, even affecting dress, where a color wheel can be helpful. <laughs> there are some things that go together, and there are some things that clash. You haven't bought into this whole cultural thing. Now, isn't that also that's a culturally conditioned... The whole idea about clothing needing to match. I mean, what percentage of the world actually thinks about whether their clothing matches for the day? Wow. I think it's really a wealthy world problem. That's <laughs> And it may be a today. crazy obsession. All right. Well, moving on. Um, we had a fun weekend. Come Big on. weekend. Yeah. I had, uh, I'm still in Tell little, us about the weekend. I'm still in recovery from the weekend. So, what? <laughs> my 23 year old son got married to his best friend. Yay, Zach over the and Carly. Carly McNeil Martin now. Mr. and Mrs. Martin, as pronounced by well, someone, the, the minister. The minister Raj did the wedding, Wasn't which was that really so cool. much fun. I had so many people that were just like, Oh, that was the best ceremony ever, and we just loved the wedding, and blah, 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 the blah. The wedding was wonderful. I, it, what, I, it, I love weddings, and I... Now, I... Boy, I mean, like, weddings when we grew up were, like, had one kind of look. But, like, weddings I experience now seem to just be... They're a whole lot more fun. They're a lot more... <laughs> so it's the difference between formal and fun. They were very formal back in our day. And you could... And, and here was the thing. If someone actually said this... After the wedding this weekend, they said actually something to the effect of it was great to that serious doesn't negate fun. In other words, marriage is a right. serious thing. It's a oh, big yeah. it's a big deal. It's a big a deal to God. Yes. But and actually, don't we have a cue? I mean, if God himself is gonna create I mean, make some world class wine for a wedding for this wonderful joyous feasting celebrating oh, event it's like circa like 30 bc <laughs> you know i mean it's i would you'd be curious to know the vintage on that it's got to be old like super old can you imagine it's a shame no one kept that any you know i can see <laughs> jesus whispering his disciples this is this is actually before herod the first right here you don't this is some really good stuff it's amazing yeah, so a couple of things about the wedding. Hey, also, they're now they're now in Gatlinburg 
honeymooning honeymooning in the tradition set by Bruce and Marlena Martin 38 years ago tomorrow that's right 38 years ago 38 tomorrow years. we got married yes we won't stop well you did <laughs> <laughs> and we went to Gatlinburg for our honeymoon and it was you snowing. did not yeah so it was snowing, and we went to this little place called Honeymoon Hideaways, which had these <laughs> I don't mirrors everywhere. It was glorious and heart-shaped, like tubs right there in your living room, and it was just great fun. You just, sounds like another wealthy world. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it was definitely a wealthy world problem. And I, I went there about three years ago, three or four years ago, just to see it, um, it and it still, still exists, yeah. Okay. So it's like Honeymoon Hill now, or something like that. they got cabins all over the place. <laughs> I think back in the day, we were in the Garden of Eden. That was our suite, which was its own cabin. Uh, the whole naked and unashamed It wasn't thing. the love shack? Nope. Nope, that's more of a California West Coast thing. No, you wanted to go Garden of Eden, just spiritualize it, just keep it all just right in your biblical roots. Well, you good know. Good for you. Sex is good sacred, for you. It's sacred. It's a good thing. <clears throat> I've so, never said otherwise. That's and you heard it here on the pastors first that we've never said otherwise. Yes, sex but, is a beautiful thing. It's well, a gift from God. It is a gift from God. Actually, we don't talk about that, and I, I think because even growing up, that was sort of like super taboo, which right. almost set the idea again that it it was something bad, or at least on the edge of you know you had to keep it, you know, really had to. Yeah, it had to be so... There were so many guardrails associated with it, it was scary. It was almost like it would be wrong to enjoy it. And, you know, there were a handful of people, pardon me, not a handful, but there was a voice, there was a narrative that sex is just about procreation, just about right. getting more people in the world, yeah. where there was actually, again, almost a kind of suspicion around pleasure, around joy, around, yeah. around delight. And boy, is that... The more I think back to that, there were shades of that that just weren't healthy for all all kinds of wonderful well, good things. I think we grew up with, in the culture we were in, kind of the independent fundamental Baptist culture, there was a shadow side to sexuality. Right. So we grew up in that world. Now, thankfully, we had parents that believed that sex was a gift from God, is a gift from God, and was extraordinary. And I remember they that would whole do... purple bedroom yep, thing? Yep, they would do talks, <laughs> magic in a purple bedroom. Our and, parents, mom and dad, they would do these marriage conferences. And, oh, yeah. Magic in a purple bedroom. Oh, I'll never, I'll never forget. Dad did. They separated the men and the ladies at one point, and <laughs> and Dad was talking about, you know, men are more like microwaves, women are more like crockpots. <laughs> when it comes to he sex, said that? he did. And what was interesting, and I've never forgotten this because this was profound, and I think he's absolutely right. He said, "Your primary sex organ is your brain." Hmm. And I thought that's true. It, it, in other words, how you think about sexuality has everything to do with your ability to enjoy it. Because we've come to understand that sexuality is not just about procreation and, not, and it's not just about pleasure. Yeah. But now science is teaching us that sexuality is also for pair bonding. So when oxytocin is released into your system on climax, it's a, it's a, it's a pair bonding hormone endorphin thingy. Really? Yeah, and this is why, you know, when I talk to young people about even sex before marriage, I don't try to attach a shadow side to it. I said, but it complicates things radically because there's a pair bonding thing that takes place there, I believe, by God's design. Right. And you don't want to get pair bonded with like 100 people. Yeah. Because then when there's 
It's it's also I believe what makes sometimes breakups very very hard. Yes. Oh, of course. Yes. You know because there was this there was what did one person how did one person put, put it? Um, there's an assumed or implied commitment associated with sexuality. Now I perhaps less so today. Right. But certainly when we were going growing up, that was a that was that was much more of a commit, committed thing. But but what's even true today, and this is what's fascinating to me, is why I keep looking back to the ancient wisdom of the Bible, which sometimes feels outdated, especially maybe related to sex, but here's what's true today. Listen, <laughs> you are in a, you got a girlfriend-boyfriend thing going on. You're, so there's a relationship you have, and you discover that the other went to bed with somebody else. That's still a thing. It's still a thing. In other right. words, okay, maybe had dinner together with it, fine, but it's in other words, you realize they were parabonding with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Right. Where where we still, we still, even though we call it crimes of passion today, right. whether it's married couples and they discover, oh, he's had something on the side, yep. or it's a kind of girlfriend romantic relationship and you decide, oh, he's doing something on the side, that's still seen, even if you're, as betrayal. Yeah. In other words, it, it comes back to what you're saying about implied commitment i think there's still that element people still wait you it's not like and there may be a handful of people who would be ah, sleep with whatever you want you know right. i don't yeah we're just you know we'll we'll parabolize together and you can parabond with you know anybody else and parabolize i like that it's parabondalize Parabon. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we want to make that a word. Actually, it does. I, it's I, at the edge of some problems. I, I appreciate Roger's uh, foray into the word creation. That's really my thing, though, Roger. You know, I do that well. I, I like parabondalize. <laughs> no, no, it's vandalize, bondage. There's just a lot going on there that's not good. Okay, so parabonding, good. All right, sex, good. And what's interesting is. Yeah, for all the shadow side that was associated with sexuality in, in particular in the purity culture so yep. that's what a lot of people are calling now those days moral majority uh, 80s and and some of that was and I get it some of that was in response to the sexual revolution of the 60s mm -hmm. and 70s and so hey we're trying to we're trying to attach or reattach morality to sexuality that's a that's a good thing but I'm afraid we kind of the pendulum as it tends to do yeah. that swung so far over here it became for many people, sexuality is largely about procreation. Yeah, it's largely about having kids and doing that thing that God said at the beginning. You know, be, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and yep. and all of that. Yeah, and, yep. and then God, in His infinite wisdom, through a very interesting man, throws Song of Solomon at us. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just a great. Of, you know, of, it all, is. of all the books of the Bible I look at, and it's like, now, of course, Ecclesiastes is also just fascinating. It's fascinating. It's fascinating yep. Because I realized that this is, there's a difference between having wisdom and exercising wisdom. Right. You can have wisdom all day and not use it. And he, he, he talked about, I had wisdom, but I did all these foolish things. Right. And his, by his own admission, these foolish things. But it was interesting, even though he had like a thousand wives, whatever that looks like, you know, right. there was this one that he was in love with mm -hmm. this this Shulamite and it was and of course you read their love story and right. it gosh it just reads like it's passion 
it's eros, it's romance, right. it's sexuality, <laughs> it's naked and unashamed. Yeah. It's it's beauty and wonder and and des strong desire. <laughs> strong desire. But didn't the church fathers do what even in our culture tend to happen? They spiritualize that out of the physical. Oh, this is this is about God's love some, for some did. Oh, no, absolutely. This was so in other words, it was the fear of and I think this is this been this thing. We don't want to make sex too good. Right. It's it's because <laughs> it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's like dynamite. But beautiful things, I look at things like water is life giving, but water can kill you. You live in a tension of we gotta respect water, sure. but it's a it's it's critical to life, it's beautiful. But I think the same thing with sex. I think what happens so often and this happened in other areas, it was just this doesn't feel safe, so we've got to over control it. We've got to right. we've got to anything that was too close to the edge. I think it was even I think the same kind of thing came with dancing. Because, you know, again, our culture... Oh, yeah, dancing was out. Dancing was very... Because it was too... It was sensual. It was sensual. Right. It, was too, it was too much about body. And, and it was... I think there was a kind of a fear. <laughs> and we couldn't live in the tension. We couldn't live in the tension of a beautiful thing that's dangerous. It has some dangers, but... So we just... And here's the thing. Sensuality's good. Yes. I mean... It's a beautiful. It's, it's interesting. It made me think. I couldn't help it. It made me think of one of our favorite movies, Hitch, where Hitch is telling Kevin James. Now you have to understand, dancing, dancing is super important because women relate that to sex. All right, so we can't have any making the pizza, Q-tip, throw it away, and all of that. But I realized there was a there's a degree to which you're exactly right. If there was sensuality, then it was somehow shadow, and yet sensuality, we're made as sensual beings. Right. We're made for eros. We're made right. for desire and all, and all of those things. And I'm watching, it was funny, I was thinking about this this morning. I didn't know we were having a sex talk today. But <laughs> I was thinking about this this morning because now our, our, the culture has moved back, back toward the young adults that I'm working with on a regular basis. Sexuality is moving much more, back, much more toward the 60s again, the sexual revolution. Okay. Where sex is just a thing, mm -hmm. and it's almost like mutual objectification on both sides. Not just right. men objectifying women, but women objectifying men. And it's this thing that's casual, and while I believe that sex is sensual, I don't believe that it's casual. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? It's yeah. that, and, and now we have entire dating apps that are really set to be their hookup apps. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's really for getting together with someone sexually and I'm like, oh gosh, we're we're losing something. And so I don't want to attach shadow right to sexuality, but I also don't want darkness to to creep in. Yeah, no, it's and it's, take away from the wonder and the joy of human sexuality as God designed it. Right. It's the tension of it is a gift. And even like when I talk about water, you do have to yeah. be careful with water there are things that you have to uh, safeguards that you put in place with that it's 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 living the tension of yeah sexuality sexual desire and pleasure these are good things but they do need boundaries and and we we struggle we tend to go to we either we struggle with <clears throat> anything that has boundaries it's just part of human nature right it's that whole you can't tell me what to do right. 
But but here's the thing. Uh, it's like like if you go around because I love your analogy with water. Water's beautiful. I mean, I yes. love it. One of the things that oh, I love about gosh. the wilderness is water. I love lakes and streams, but I particularly love whitewater rivers. Yes, they're just a beauty and there's power and there's. But if you go rafting in the river, guess what? There's boundaries. Yes, you got to wear a helmet. I mean, on right. on, on class four kind of ri rivers, you got to wear a helmet. You got to wear a life jacket. Uh, you need to stay in the boat. Well, I remembered. So the analogy to even, save your life. I've gone whitewater rafting and with like class four. I think yeah. the most that I've highest okay. I've done. Um, <clears throat> but in that setting, I'm listening very closely to the guide on my oh, boat. Oh heck yeah! Because the guide is okay. We're out on that water because of the joy of it. We're out there for the fun, but... He knows the water better than we do. But you have to have boundaries. You have to be careful. You have yep. to... And we swing. We talk about going back and forth where where it's either no boundaries. I'm going to go out on a raft without a guide and... Without you know, a life jacket. And they can plan my funeral later. Um, <clears throat> or so overprotective... I just that you're afraid to even enjoy the right. water. You can't you can't enjoy it or so it's like or actually the safest thing there some people I'm just not going to do white water. Isn't right. that the other side? Right. The other side is I'm just not going to get in the boat because it's will, too dangerous. I will always enjoy water from a distance. Right. And, and I remember my last yeah. rafting experience was the Okoe River, and we did both the upper and the lower. So you're going through the Olympic section, and I'll never forget uh. our guide, who knows the water very well. Then I'm with a bunch of guys from a men's retreat. This was Wait, on a men's the retreat. The guy didn't look worried at a point, did he? <laughs> no, but he did ask us at the beginning. He said, all right, he said, do you want the, the classic trip or do you want the more sporty trip? And I spoke up before anyone else could say a word, and I said, we want the sporty trip. <laughs> And there was about five other guys in that raft that looking at me like, I'm, I'm not, I, he's the speaker guy, so I guess he gets to make that call, but I'm not sure I want the sport. Dude, you talk about sporty. Okay, so I'm at the front of the raft, me and one other guy. And of course, when he says, this is the thing about boundaries and listening to the guide, yes. he tells you when to row left, he tells you when to you row right. You put that oar in it. and you go all your and might. At, and at one point he says, I'm going to take you off the precipice. And we're like, that sounds, I'm thinking, that sounds fun. I think most of the other guys think that sounds awful. He says, so everybody stick your, you know, we're up on these kind of tubes. He said, he said, make sure and and stick your legs underneath the tube in front of you. It really wedge your feet in there. Because we're going to go off an eight foot drop. Okay. And I'm at the front of the boat. And I remember as we're going off this thing, at one point I just look over and it's an eight foot drop, which doesn't seem like much, but the water's rushing. Oh gosh. And we went wham, vertical straight down. Well, apparently the guys right behind me didn't get their feet wedged as well as they thought. <laughs> And they tumbled on top of me. Then both of them crushed, and they're crushing me. And I'm like, ah! Oh. But it was so, it was, it was so cool. So, whitewater rafting with boundaries is a whole lot of fun. I've also done it the reckless way, and people got hurt. <laughs> Let's so, just go out there and do it on our own. So several, several years ago, I took I took a bunch of guys, a bunch of the kids camping. I say kids; they're all teenagers at that point. And we're, we're right on the edge of this Whitewater River. I think it was like the Little Pigeon River. This is including your own son, right? Yes, my okay. own son. And I'm like, I bet we could just jump off jump off that rock right into the heart of that Whitewater and go downstream <laughs> to that quiet thing. Y'all want to try it? And they're like, yeah, let's try it. So we jump in. <laughs> I mean, we jump right into the Whitewater, and immediately you get washed downstream. My legs have never been so beat up in my life. Two of the kids came out bleeding. <laughs> 
And kudos to them for jumping in, because I could tell one of them really didn't want to jump in. Right. But did. But that's that, that whole thing of, of even having boundaries. There are boundaries around sexuality. Think about it. It's the it's the loving God yes. who wants to protect us from yeah. the heartbreak of sexuality without the boundary. Right. Yeah. And that there's the it's where I can speak to people. Listen, I don't know all of why God says certain things. Why, um, but I've learned He tends to know more than I knew. And and sometimes it's it's actually living in a kind of humility. I may not know as much as I know because it's so easy in our culture. Oh, I know what's best for me. I'm gonna. I can decide. I'm gonna. I know what's best for me. But that's really a foolish position when it comes to anything. Now, certainly sexuality, we can easily look at that and say, "I'll make my own." I'm a free person. I can do whatever. But the reality is, the God who actually made sex, and I love that. You think about God planning that, something that's not. Yeah, I. It's just. It's amazing. It speaks to, even again with wine and food, delight, pleasure. These aren't bad things. Pleasure, it, um, the 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 wine of gladness. The you know, just think about the things that God has given. And again, we said we. I would just say parallel, same parallel when it comes to alcoholic beverages, right? Sure. Here's some things that's pleasurable, but it. It also has a danger attached. You, you so overdo. And, and we had a tendency in our culture to just uh, no, that's not that that can't possibly be. He couldn't. Jesus couldn't possibly made wine. We have to turn it into. He made some he really super have made grape anything juice. Anything that was addictive, that was dangerous. That was dangerous. But here's the thing: all kinds of beautiful, wonderful things are dangerous without boundaries. boundaries. And so here, once again wine this is just yeah. a it's a beautiful wonderful thing does it have some danger without boundaries yes sure absolutely just like sex has dangers without boundaries and it's not just okay bringing a child into the world you're not ready to but the, even the the pair of bonding the thing you're talking about we don't even know the soulish part exactly right the soul part if we simply treat sex as purely sort of an animal body we don't realizing how our heart gets attached. Whether and this is where I again I see God's wisdom in. It's why people still are have a degree of passion around. If this guy I'm with is sleeping with every, that there's something at a heart level. Yeah. That you realize there's some, and it just speaks to me again. Yeah, God. God may know more than <laughs> there's stuff going on. He's trying to protect us. He's given us all these beautiful things, almost all of which are dangerous without boundaries. And that's the final word <laughs> on sexuality. Our, our no, shortest podcast ever. No, I was, uh, it was, as you were talking, I was thinking about my time in Colorado, which was a very short time, but a very different culture, even in the Southeast. No, tell me. So you moved. You moved. We moved to Colorado for, for about a year or so. Oh gosh, no, no, about six months. Six months. Yeah. Okay, it felt so like a year. It felt it felt <laughs> like seven years. Um, we went out there and we were we were going to plant a church, but we were working in an apartment community, and so part of the part of the ministry model was uh, they set you up in an apartment community, and you work as the social activities director in this apartment community. So my job was, you know, every, every time new people moved into this apartment complex, and it was a beautiful complex in Colorado, okay. Red Hawk Ranch, never forget. Okay. Gorgeous. 
But we would come around, Marlene and I would come around, and we would have, you know, just kind of goodie bags for them. Hey, welcome to the community and, and stuff like that with things. And, you know, some mornings I would literally be at the exit, entrance exit to Red Hawk Ranch with a big table, and I would have coffee and orange juice. So as people are heading out, they'd coffee, orange juice, and donut, you know, and we just bought all this stuff. We had a, a budget to work okay. from. Sure. We would do movie nights and all that. But I remember one time I was talking to a guy, and of course I'm using it as an opportunity to create conversations. Yes. With people, yeah, and just get to know people. Just to get, yeah. yeah, get to know people and and enjoy them. And, and I remember in this uh, talking to this one person, um, he was like, and he had he he was, we got to talking about girls and girlfriends, and he was like, oh, I got tons of girlfriends, you know, and uh, he was very open about his sexuality, and he was like, you know, I just believe that variety is the spice of life. And just you know, young mm -hmm. guys, some of the sure. funniest. And I said, I said, well, I said, I, I get that. I said, but there's also something very special about having sex with the same woman for 20 plus years. Now, for 38 years. Mm -hmm. And I could tell it pinged he, something. Yeah. It, he was like, I hadn't thought about that. I wonder what that's like. I have but, no idea what that's but think, about. <laughs> but think about it. There's no sense of comparison then. Yeah. There's a lot of trust in, in you know there. Things that I think sexuality needs to be really enjoyed. Things you learn together about things each other. Things that you learn together about about each other, absolutely. And, and, and things that shape you. In other words, where catering to another, where if I'm just looking at sex as just a way for me, I mean, like one-time hookups, you know, that's just because it's really just about me. I'm not, it's not about that person. Right. But when you think about a uh, a committed relationship, now I'm learning that actually the beauty of sex, it, it gets better when it's not just focused on me. Yes, yes. And yes. that's there's a lot to that. There, but, but the idea of knowing how to pleasure your spouse and how to please them and how to care for them and how to care for their body is, is a beautiful thing. Right. And when you're going from person to person to person to person, you're not... You're exactly right. It becomes much more about you. Yeah. What pleases me? What do I like? What it, blah 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 versus really caring for another person. And you know, the older I get, you know, and Marlene and I celebrate 38 years tomorrow. 30. I mean, that's yeah. That is a lifetime, dude. <laughs> but you know, I think about yeah. We we 38 was our in July was in our in July. Yeah, for I, us. I just think it's so important that every person, and I talk to young people about this. And even why I'm so strong on marriage and staying married, you know, even when it's hard. Right. Every person, because God is love and God extends his love to us. And Jesus said, I want you to love others the way that I've loved you. I mean, that's ultimately the New Testament command. That's the command. Love others as I've loved you. I believe that every person deserves to be loved by at least one other human being. Well, all of their life. Mm -hmm. All of their life. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about why I think committed love is so important. You know, a lot of times when we hear... Even when I've talked at marriage retreats, because Marlene and I do, we're doing a retreat next February. But our last session is always a session on commitment. It's always yeah. this, because commitment really does get us through those hard times. But it also allows us to enjoy sexuality more. Yeah. Because we're not worried about, is this person leaving? And, and there's, a, there's such a, a sense of trust, a security in that relationship and so and you did a talk on this a while back agape love being gift love mm -hmm. a love that does not demand reciprocation yeah. i will love you even 
if. Right, and and right. so I think there were certain years, and I think Marlena would agree, there were certain years we got through the hard times in our marriage because we were committed. Yep. And because we chose to. Yep. There's other times in our marriage where we just genuinely enjoyed each other and enjoyed being together, and it didn't seem like so much work. Right. But I'll tell you this, even at 38 years, it's work. It's different kinds of work. Yep. Now I realize we're entering this whole new phase. Our son is married off. Right. We have a daughter-in-law. Yeah. Parenting is a whole different. You know, yes. it's I I, I want to say I'm out of the game, but nope. I know it rarely <laughs> works that way. Nope. Nope, you aren't. <laughs> but now I realize it's kind of it's it's it really is Marlene and I now. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in a whole new <clears throat> way. So we were sitting up early this morning. As I got up at like four o'clock. I was rested. It was funny. I woke up rested. And when I wake up rested, I'm like, well, I'm not going to try to go back to sleep. Just get up and right. get after it. But we were even talking about some things that we would like to do. We're like, I'd like to go to the Virgin Islands. She was like, I'd like to go to the Virgin Islands. I'd like to see that. You guys talked about that this morning? This morning. <laughs> we couldn't get use the free companion ticket on Delta. I've got a free companion ticket to get to the Virgin Islands. So we settled for Key West and that, because it's domestic. You guys decided that today? Well, yeah, in February, you can fly for like $500 to Key West. Okay. Marlene would fly free. <laughs> and you know what the t- average temps are in February in Key West? High of 78, low of 68. <laughs> I'm like, Key West, baby. But I, 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 I love that conversation this morning because now this is, we're, we're thinking more of Marlene and I doing things together <laughs> where your kids aren't, you know, involved. Right. Kids, you're welcome to come to Key West. We're fine with that. It's just that it's different. Right. But I love the fact that we can, that we've been together for 38 years and we still want to try new things and go to new places and have those new experiences. Right. Together. Well, it's the reminder that commitment and staying with a marriage, staying with a marriage is very hard. It, again, this it is, is this work. is it is where we've talked about this, and but there are gifts that do come out of that that you wouldn't have otherwise, in, including again, you know, I look at our parents um, in their mid eighties, um, and graced actually with for their mid eighties pretty good health. Yeah, I agree. But they've got a companion. They've got someone with them on the road. And I just think about even how many times in any marriage someone has the the promise of what a bail will bring. The promise of, okay, if I get out of here, this is what I'm going to get. Um, and I'm not saying there aren't things that, yeah, it's, there are, there can be things that would be better. Or I would, you know, but. Oh, are there other people out there that could make you happier? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But there is something about what you also gain by staying with it. What you gain, and not just just what you gain, and this is where I, but also what the other person gains. What Jesus has taught me about, is teaching me. I'm not, I didn't graduate in this class, but (laughs) is even where my focus turns more about more and more over time about what she wants what she needs what yes and not not just about of course i'm concerned about things that matter to me i have desires i have wishes 
I grieve losses when I don't have those things. Yeah. But one of the things that Jesus has shifted in me is even seeing in marriage. I know when I stood to marry Joy 38 and a half years ago, I know I was thinking about how great marriage would be for me. But the shift that has occurred for me is, or in the process, I'm, I'm much different, is thinking about, well, what marriage is doing for her. What am I doing for her? What is it, in other words, thinking less about what am I getting out of this? What does she need? What is she getting? What does she... How is she experiencing you? How, how is marriage right. um, making her life better? Right. And that's a different way. I was just thinking as you were talking, you know, I've, I've even said it before. It's a little phrase, familiarity breeds contempt. And that, that's a potential for that yes, to be true. Right. But it also can breed, familiarity can breed content. <laughs> mm, and I realize mm, in my marriage, like I'm content. And that uh, I think sometimes we almost see contentment as a bad thing. Like if you're con you're settling yes, yes. in a bad way. Right. Oh, you're just content. You know, and um, I'm like, but no, there's a beauty in contentment. There's a beauty in not having to have more and everything that you want and it, it you know it's the whole thing of if you got everything you want what kind of person would you become right well i'm pretty sure a, a fairly selfish narcissist yeah if you got everything you want right. if you don't you're reminded that this world's not our home this isn't the end all of end all marriage is a brief blip you know, of our eternal life mm. you know it's interesting mm. that even jesus says you know you're not going to be married beyond this realm and and even that for me creates a sense of contentment you know this i don't know what it's going to look like. i don't know what anything's going to look like totally in the next realm but if it's good here it's going to be great in right. the next realm you know and uh, john tanner and i used to laugh about maybe i've taught, had this discussion with you you know the top three things people want people pastors preach on heaven sex and will there be sex in heaven? <laughs> it's like the top. It's like the top three. And I'm like, there's part of us that, because God's given us pleasure here, and and we enjoy and we enjoy that. And I think you helped me understand this. Why would we imagine that in the next realm, things would be less, less beautiful, yeah. less pleasurable, less wonder? I mean, even even what we see now through the Hubble telescope and these galaxies, when I look at those pictures, I'm just like, it creates wonder. Yes. But I'm like, I, I think we'll be visiting some of those spots. No, but right. Think about that. Right. No, you think about how overwhelming at times beauty is. I um, mean, forget Key West. Think about the Spiro Nebula. <laughs> right. That's got to be cool. No, I'll still, I love, like on my uh, computer. Yeah. Um, you know, every few days the the screen picture changes. Microsoft does this, whatever. So there, uh, but almost always it's some natural beauty, and it's some. Oh yeah. And I'm just struck time and time again on this tiny little planet of ours in this massive universe. These just snapshots of beauty. Just driving around Alabama, sometimes it's just comical. But points to just say, oh my. Goodness, that's so beautiful. And I'm on this tiny, tiny little fractional part of the universe, and there's beauty all around, and there's wonder, and there's glory. Um, and then, yeah, then there's more to come. And there's more to come. And that's why when I when I think about the 
the increase of wickedness and darkness in our world and the, and the heartbreak in our world and, and all of the things that we see that, that mm. can grieve us, I don't think God wants us to be overcome by those things. I, you know, we, we mourn them. Uh, I hate loss and, and even even the, I was looking at the statistics on COVID-19 and you know exceeded 800,000 deaths. Yeah. That I mean that's a that's a big deal, but don't let that don't let that diminish that we still the fact that we that we live in this world of beauty and wonder and joy. Those are my three words for the wedding last weekend as I just thought about you know beauty, wonder yeah. and joy. And some of it was yes the 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 young love and and yeah. two of my favorite people getting married. But the, also the joy of friends coming together. We had that friends coming great. in from all over the country. Just People I hadn't seen us. sometimes in years, or uh, and catching up, and catching up. And we did. It was very, it was very exhausting. But we did a, an after party on Saturday. So the wedding was on Friday. We did a Thursday night rehearsal. That was a blast. We did the wedding, uh, which was just, people were saying it was just the greatest wedding ever. But then we did an after party between like 10 and 2 on Saturday just to have people come in and, and we wanted to just yeah, be with them. Because part of when you're at the wedding, there's only so many people you can talk to. It's right. just hard. Oh, I was running into that. I was literally having these little five-minute lightning catch-up. Yes. And then I would see somebody, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know that person was here. Hey. And, and so literally, you know, by 12 o'clock, our house was just full of people just full of people and I was getting kind of sleepy so I laid down in my recliner <laughs> and I pulled my hat down you know I, I was just sleepy and you know everyone was and my heart was so full I was I was laying there hearing all of these I never slept but I rested my eyes and I just heard all of these conversations yeah. going on and I was like beauty and wonder and joy and it's all in the context of relationships yeah. and weddings right. do that Maybe that is why. So we did a three-day wedding, but maybe that's why well, we, yeah. in the old days, first-century Jewish days, you'd have an eight-day wedding. Yeah, it was an eight-day feast. It right. was this, it was this long event of beauty and wonder and joy, and the reminder that there's still a wedding to come. And yeah. that's that's one of the things I love most about the wedding. I can't help but think at, at, at one point. Uh, it, it, out there, there's new heaven and new earth, and there's going to be a beautiful bride, the church, uh, finally united with Christ, in that in that face to face way. You know, and you know how we both love that song, soon and very soon. Mm -hmm. Though I have not seen him, my, my heart, heart knows, knows him, him well. well. Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Lord of heaven. And I, you know, I come, I, I tear up every time I hear that song because I haven't seen Jesus yet, but I, but I know him. I know him well. But not near as well as I, I will. I mean, I can't wait. I'm sorry what hit me. when marriage suffer. You just said it, and it was so much in passing, about the church's bride. And I realized we just talk about how beautiful the bride is, right? I mean, with weddings. It's, oh, the, it, and there's just that moment, the bride. Yeah. And even that God would make the church. Because we in the church we, of which we were a part yes. there's there's some ugly there's some but god sees this beauty that's why the veil so important <laughs> that's in fact god's not pulling up the veil till after Just he's yet. fixed everything yes the 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 bride the, the the bride is radiant but isn't that even a statement about god in god's eyes hmm. The bride is always beautiful. I mean, that it's yeah. because love sees the beauty, and love sees, and and, and 
Yeah, and even the waiting. It's interesting because, you know, Carly made Zach wait yes. all day before he saw her. Yeah, there, there so was. The first time he saw her that day was when she was on the arm of her father coming down that aisle. And we're all crying at that point. Zach's crying, I'm crying, oh, yeah. everybody's crying. I don't know if you held it together, but we're just like, oh no, my And he gosh. had told me, because I'm standing right next to, um, he knew, he he was already emotional before she ever Roger. came in, yeah. Can you imagine the tears in Jesus' eye when he sees the bride? Yeah. In all of her beauty. I just thought about that, you know, cause we, Jesus, because we, because Jesus was not a dispassionate yeah. person. Right. Jesus cried. Um, I just thought that's a, that's the first time I visualized that. No, if you Maybe think about even the, the, the wedding we were part of this weekend, you think about yeah. God waiting for His bride to come down that because that it, that's the statement, and it it actually points to again what a big deal marriage is. I think sometimes we if we kind of okay, it's just it's a thing, it's a part of. Marriage really does matter, and it's why, and I think it's another reason why God does want marriage to to, be, to last. He does want it. He wants it to be sacred, be, sacred, special, set apart. Yes, my one and only. That that because that reflects the heartbeat of heaven. That reflects the heartbeat of God, whose love is forever. Whose love is is. Um. So for any person we're talking to, you're, if you're married, I mean, again, mm. you're in you're in in something that God planned. He's very concerned. It lo- your marriage matters deeply to Him. Um, he wants you to enjoy it as much as He enjoys loving us. He knows that it's hard work <laughs> because, well. Loving us. Because he loves us. <laughs> because he knows the challenges. Here's what I realized. This is, as we think about this particular podcast, this is the Sex, Love, Marriage, and Church podcast. <laughs> so those four things. You don't know. Yes. How to get a t-shirt with that. Sex, Love, Marriage, Church. That would just, I think that would get some double takes. <laughs> For a lot of reasons. Yes. Yeah, well, we, we always say, I know we like to have a finishing slogan, but that's... So our finishing slogan today is, Sex, Love, Marriage, Church, All Good. Yes. Handle with care. I see what you did there, handle. That was good. <laughs> yeah. So with that, um, this season eight concludes. Right. It's season seven. Oh. Is it not? I are thought, you saying season eight? Wait, <laughs> are we? I may have put season eight on this particular <laughs> podcast. Uh, eight nine. <laughs> we had one. It's a it's a one show one season. It's a single show season. Bruce can do that sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes they cancel a show after one show. Right. It's that was that bad. It's true. We only had thirteen viewers. Most people would cancel a podcast after the start we've had. But then. People wouldn't have heard this amazing right. stuff that we shared today. Exactly. So we, none of us knew it was going to be the sex podcast. Sex Love Marriage Church podcast. It's more intriguing to say the sex podcast. It is more intriguing. I know that's what you're put on. I just don't. <laughs> I think that's what I'm expectations <laughs> so high that people are disappointed. Right.
But then you have to throw church in at the end, just kind of spiritualize it. Until next week. Yes. The pastors are out. All right. Have a great week. Thanks so much for listening.